this is Richie coming at you from the School of Marketing HQ. Before you dive into the show, I just want to tell you about a brand new short 12-week program we've launched called the Giants Marketing Masterclass. The program gives you access to insights and expert comments from over 25 CEOs and CMOs from major companies like Unilever, L'Oreal, M&S, Pret, and WPP, just to name a few. We focus on six key areas of marketing, customer, brand, commercial, creative, channel, and data and analytics. So if you were looking to upskill yourself or your team for just two and a half hours each week and get access to a network with our industry's giants through our live sessions, do check out the School of Marketing website for more deets. Alrighty, for now, enjoy the show. Look, today we are joined by a fabulous guest who's probably one of the most esteemed marketers in our industry. Jess is currently the marketing director of Metro Bank, one of the UK's leading new and challenger banks to hit the high streets in, in decades, I guess. Um, and interestingly, the word challenger really does sum Jess up as she herself is an innovator and always looking to shake things up and doing things really differently. Um, but what I really appreciate about Jess is her people-centered approach. And I think that's really at the core of what makes her truly successful. She's been able to really galvanize and inspire those around her. Um, and also build a fabulous team um, in, in, the, in the marketing world at Metro Bank. Um, truth be told, uh, Jess is also the first marketing director of Metro Bank. Um, and I'm sure that comes with lots of uh, twists and turns and challenges along the way, which I'm sure she will be happy to share with us this morning. Um, but beyond this, uh, Jess is a big corporate girl a big corporate lass, uh, working with a string of financial services organizations. Uh, previously, she was the head of brand management at NatWest, NatWest Group, which I guess was RBS back in the day, turned to NatWest. Um, she's also worked at organizations uh, such as the Commonwealth Bank of Australia and American Express. Look, she's got an absolutely fascinating story um, about how she was able to climb the ranks of the industry. So really, uh, quite frankly, just really a great warm welcome to you, Jess, and looking forward to, to hearing your story. Morning. Thank you. Wow, my goodness, what an intro. That's incredible. I'd my say uh, <clears throat> happy Friday, but at Metrobank, we greet each other by saying happy Magic Friday. We all wear red. So uh, happy Magic Friday to you too and to everyone else who has dialed in this morning. I'm looking forward to the conversation. Awesome. It's, it's great to have you on, Jess. And I can see, you know, the red and the M. I see you're all very on brand this morning, which is fantastic. So awesome. Nothing less. Nothing less. And uh, great to have a fellow financial services stalwart um, on, the, on the show. Um, so, so to get us started, I mean, the world's still a bit bonkers. Um, uh, so just tell us, uh, wh where are you and, and how are you doing? Oh, good. Lovely question. Thank you. So I I'm in Twickenham. I've been working from home for the last 18 months. And I'm doing really well. You're actually catching me on a really good week because I've been off on annual leave for the last two weeks. I've come back this week feeling refreshed. I'm feeling energised. I'm really lucky that my mother lives in Devon. So we've had two wonderful weeks in Devon. The weather was surprisingly fantastic. So we all feel that we've had a very wholesome holiday on the beach with the kids. And it brings you lots of energy, isn't it? It's really difficult sitting in this little box trying to be creative and trying to think an inspirational, innovation, innovative way. And I find that that sometimes means we lack a bit of energy. So having a bit of a break and a bit of perspective has been has been really, really helpful. I'm also super excited because I think if it all goes according to plan, we're going back to the office in the next couple of weeks. And I can't wait for that. Because again, 
being a classic extrovert, I get my energy from being around other people. So again, people like me will have struggled a little bit more being at home. And so I'm really looking forward to getting back with, with the team. But it's been a challenging 18 months, hasn't it? And I feel, I feel lucky and I feel grateful and I feel like I have perspective for my time having been at home. And I know that we are in a very fortunate position and there's a lot more there that I no longer take for granted. So, so I'm, I'm well, thank you for, for asking. I also think my Wi-Fi might be drifting in and out a little bit. I'm not quite sure what to do with that, but hopefully we can persevere and it will come back to us as we go. We'll be fine. That's a lovely answer. Yeah, don't worry, Jess. And now that Mark's got the easy question out of the way, um, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to dive right in, really. Um, look, first, first marketing director of Metro Bank, pretty cool job. Uh, how's it going? How, how do you feel about it? What, what's, got, what's, what's the news on the ground? I would safely say that I think I have the best job in the industry. I feel really delighted to be, to be where I am. And, it's, you know, it's been quite an amazing story getting here. You know, I, I joined the bank almost two years ago now, so November 20, 2019. And I've been at RBS, and I'm sure we'll talk about the kind of career history to this point at some point, but I've been at RBS for a while and I was ready for a change. And it's really interesting when you sort of throw something out to the universe saying, like, I'm ready, to, ready for a move, ready to move on. And funnily enough, within a week, I'm sure I had, I had two contacts for, for, for jobs. And the Metro Bank was really exciting because the team got in touch and said to me, look, Metro Bank's been through a bit of a turbulent time. The brand has experienced a bit of reputational damage. We are looking for a brand and marketing director to build our brand and marketing team from, from scratch. And we think you might have the right experience. Do you want to come in for a chat? Which was yes. And when I came in for a conversation that sounded really exciting, I met the people. And I fell in love with the culture of the company and the people that I met really early on. And so I desperately wanted the job. So when they offered it to me, obviously took their hand off and said, yes, please, I'll join. So I joined the bank. I've been in my role for a, about four months. And of course, all hell breaks loose because we go into this very strange time known as the global pandemic. So four months in the role, I really only got my kind of feet under the, under the, under the desk. I hadn't met many people um, as yet, yet in, that, in that four months. And so we have that moment where we all end up working from home. And we started, you know, most companies have done this whole team A, team B, you're going to work from home for two weeks, we're going to work in the office and then we're going to switch. And that lasted all of one day before everybody found themselves working from home and obviously Boris locked us all, us all down. And I remember distinctly that morning, I get an email from the CEO of the bank going, hi Jess, are you free at six o'clock this evening for a quick chat? And there's me thinking, oh my goodness, Metrobank has decided that in fact, this is not the right time to build a brand and marketing function. And I'm about to find out that I've uh, lost my job. But in fact, it was quite the opposite. He calls me and says, your boss has just resigned. Um, you're now being um, promoted. I've split his job up. You now sit on the executive committee. You now report to me. I spent the day with the board. They all agree. Do you have any questions? And you think, well, Yes, actually, I've got quite a few, but does it feel like the right time to ask them? So I'm just going to say thank you very much for the opportunity and crack on. I sort of put the phone down and thought, oh, my goodness, what does this even mean? If I, if I, if I didn't say that I felt a little bit intimidated at the time about what I was going to do next, I'd, I'd be lying. Of course, a great volume of imposter syndrome comes your way at a point like that. But I didn't really have time to worry about it. 
because we were literally heading straight on into this pandemic. And I had a very specific job that I needed to do, which was communicate with our 2 million customers, support our 4,000 colleagues, and get into this washing machine of comms that we all had to get out around safety and um, how um, you can navigate the navigate our um, our channels and mortgage payment holidays and overdraft fee waivers and credit card payment holidays and bounce back loans for small businesses and it just kept coming and coming and it was quite an interesting position I felt you know that bit I can do really well and so I found myself sitting in an interesting position where I'll be sitting talking to the executive committee saying right this is how a brand needs to navigate itself through a time of disruption you get back to your purpose if our purpose is to create bands and our ambition is to be the UK's best community bank, how do we respond? Well, we do everything we can to protect our customers, our colleagues and our communities. And for us, that means keeping every single one of our stores open, keeping our contact centres open. It means outbound calling to our vulnerable customers. It means protecting our colleagues. You know, so I sit there, have these conversations and the board would say, oh, that sounds great. Go, go brief your team. I'll go to brief my team, and that's me briefing myself because I'm building a team from scratch and I don't have a team. So this wonderful little relationship with a copywriter and a designer and myself, and we just churned out communications. And that went on for months. You know, I find myself sitting there until 3 a.m. personally writing the coronavirus FAQs for our customers to go on the website and then finding who to publish them in, in the morning. So it was a really frantic time. But, you know, there's nothing quite like a crisis for people to sink or swim. And for me, I find I'm quite good in the crisis. So it's a good opportunity to show people what I can do, so to build my profile in the company, but also it meant I needed to work with quite a lot of people across the company. So very quickly, when you get into crisis groups, you get to meet everybody and you form these wonderful relationships because there's nothing quite like a crisis to bring people together. So that probably took me through the first six months and then I popped my head up and thought, right, well, what do I do? What do I do next? It's, it sounds sounds intense, and we'll come back to sort of you know how do you maintain energy through that. But hey, I mean, what a, what a great phone call to receive! Isn't it interesting that you immediately assumed it was going to be negative, and then it turned out to be so positive? Absolutely. But, yeah. um, but something you mentioned, you said you fell in love with the culture and the people. Just love to hear a bit more about. So, so what's so great about the, the culture at Metro Bank? So Metro Bank. So we were founded eleven years ago by this really visionary chap called Vernon Hill. And he is absolutely fanatical about delivering extraordinary customer experience. And the entire foundations of the company were built on this purpose of creating fans. And fans aren't just customers, right? So fans are people who actively advocate for us and they spread through word of mouth. And the focus of the bank has been around, around surprising and delighting. If you surprise and delight a customer, they're going to love you and they're going to tell people about their experiences. And so the entire brand was built around kind of creating, creating fans. And we set out to be, you know, the, the, we were the first challenger bank in the UK, the first bank on the high street in over 100 years. And we set ourselves out to challenge the status quo, to, I guess, to, to right every banking wrong. We wrote a list of everything that customers hated about banks. And so we innovated against it. Right, so customers hate the fact that when I want to open up an account, it takes me six weeks to get an appointment with you. And then it takes you three weeks to send me my card and often my PIN gets lost in, in, in the post. And so we keep our stores open seven days a week. We're open from eight to eight. You can walk in with us and open an account in minutes. 
We'll print your card on the spot, we'll print your checkbook on the spot, and you'll walk out with your banking, your online banking details in the palm of your hand. And of course, to surprise and delight you and to bring the playfulness of the brand to life, we invite your children in to put some money in our magic money machine so they can win a prize to encourage their savings. We welcome your dog and we'll give them a dog biscuit and you can walk out with your own Metro Bank branded pen. So, so I guess the, the retail being in the detail, we really focus on how to um, surprise and delight. Now that's just not just about customers because our internal colleagues are so important to us. And we really um, pride ourselves on our culture and what we call our amazing behaviours. And so everyone in the company champions them. And so we hire very specifically to bring Metro Bank people in. You know a Metro Bank person when you meet them. And especially since we've been working from home, when you interview somebody, you know instantly if they're going to be a Metro Bank person. And so the, cu the culture is absolutely cherished, which is why on a Friday we all wear red. We all wear a, I'm wearing an M pin. Everyone wears an M pin with, with pride. We greet each other with Happy Magic Friday and we really um, celebrate our, our culture. And that truly is the special source because the people who work for us genuinely love the brand and they genuinely excel in delivering extraordinary customer service and do that so much with pride. And when I came through the interview process and experienced the store tour, experienced speaking to the CEO and went through the, the process myself, I thought something really magical about this. And I'm just so desperate to be part of the story. Yeah, that's awesome. But Jess, do you have Metro Bank shoes? I have <laughs> Come on. I have a red pair of shoes, but you know, you've just beat me now with I've got an Boom. awful lot of Metro Bank branded stuff. I can send you a Metro Bank branded dog bandana, Mark, for your for your Yeah, it's all about the merch. It's all about it's the merch. It's all about the merch, guys. There we go. That's that's exactly it. Awesome stuff, guys. But look. Um, Jess, I want to I want to kind of pick up and you know I mean dig a little bit deeper in into you as an individual. Um, did you want to be a financial services person? I mean, I, by the way, I, my background too was financial services when I kicked off. Um, safe to say, I left um, a number of years ago now. Um, but love to hear. You know, did you did you want to be there? What was it? What's the career trajectory? How did you end up being in marketing? Did I want to be in financial services? No. Well, I I didn't, but I love it. And I'll tell you why. So no, I didn't want to be fighting financial services. I had, if you ask anyone from my childhood what I said I wanted to be, I wanted to be the marketing director for an amazing brand like Chanel. Okay. So as I started going through, yeah, that was me. I'm all into the luxury fashion. I was desperate to work for a luxury brand. I know a bit differently now. Fabulous brands, but, you know, a, a bit different path. So when I was going through... Um, thinking about what I wanted to do I always knew I wanted to get into marketing so really early on someone had said to me one of my parents friends has heard oh Jess you're bubbly and outgoing you'll be great in marketing I sort of laugh at their comment now knowing what I know I'm not going to go back and correct them um, but it was a good comment to have because that's what started me on my trajectory and I was really lucky because I got a couple of opportunities to do some work experience. Um, and I got work experience in London for some known brands. And I had did a couple of weeks with one company and a couple of weeks with another. And I thought, oh, this marketing thing's quite fun. And I mainly probably thought that because I was in London. I was just off Hanover Square. I was dressed up. And we went out for a few agency lunches. And I was like, yeah, I can do this. Again, I know so, so much more now. And so that started me off thinking that marketing was what I wanted to do. Um, and uh, I went and to Oxford Brooks University and I was desperate to go there I, again I, I have this thing when I, I fall in love with something and I, I have to go like Metro Bank I fell in love with Oxford Brooks University and what I really loved about it, it was 
you do two years at university and then you go out for a year in industry and then you come back for your final year. And I was really lucky because I managed to um, get a spot at American Express. And I, I had four internships and I managed to land a role there. My job was putting the offers from merchants onto your credit card statements. So then I got to go to the merchants and do little card member events and stuff. And I thought that was all really cool as well. So I left, I did my year with, with, with Amex and um, went back to uni and then started applying for the graduate programs. And this is, I guess, where one of the setbacks com comes in, because one of the graduate programs I applied for was L'Oreal. And I got really close. In fact, I was the only person from my uni who had gone through the program. I, I got right to the very end and um, then get an email to say that I hadn't got through. And I was really gutted because I thought I'd be, you know, a really great fit. I, I thought I'd done quite well at the assessment centre, but I hadn't. You know, I just hadn't got there. It's a highly... Um, in demand uh, role to, to, to get and, and I hadn't got it. So I thought I'd go into, I thought I'd go down the kind of the FMCG route at that, that point. Um, but then I had a year of American Express on my CV. So the next job I get was quite, you know, was quite handy because having a year of financial services, obviously lots of financial services companies were, were interested in me. Um, and I think the, the, the same um, week I hear from L'Oreal, I also had gone through the American Express graduate program um, assessment as well. Again, thinking, absolutely, I'm going to get this one. <clears throat> then I get a call from them to say, we've got 10 slots. And uh, unfortunately, we haven't put you on there, but we're desperate to um, bring you in. So we're going to try and find budget for one more slot. And in a huff, I went backpacking around Europe for the summer and uh, get a call from Amex to say, right, we've got a, uh, we've got your spot, delighted to offer you your, your role, at which point I'd said to them, actually, I've changed my mind. I've decided I'm moving to Australia, much to my parents' absolute horror. And so I went across to Sydney and having had, as I said, that year of Amex on my CV, I managed to land a job with Australia's largest bank. It was a three-month contract, and I spent almost 10 years working for them. So that's how I got into financial services. Jess, I've, I'm just going to tell you, it was super interesting. So we had uh, Lex, the current uh, CMO of L'Oreal, on the show just a couple of weeks ago. And one of his confessions was he applied for a graduate role at L'Oreal and didn't get in. Oh, and then he okay, got, so it too bad then. Right? Flipping heck, right? But then he managed to get in through, he called it the window as opposed to the door. And, uh, and now look where he is today. So look, there's still hope for all of us. Absolutely. Well, yeah. no, I, I just said I've fallen in love with financial services now. I think that the, the, the banks play a very important role in our communities. And I feel really passionate about the idea of financial well-being. So for now, I think I'm in the perfect place. There you go. Yeah, I, 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 without being disparaging to anybody, financial services is about lives and livelihoods and you know, um, achieving your full potential. And, and I, you know, the disparaging bit is I say, it's not toothpaste and baked beans, but, uh, but anyway, um, financial service is so much better for having you involved, Jess. Uh, really interesting. You said you you fall in love with things. You talked about falling in love with Metro Bank. Uh, you made a very instinctive decision that marketing was for you. You really wanted to go to Oxford Brooks. Uh, you said, right, I'm, I'm going to, you know, I'm making a decision to stick in Australia. So so I'm really interested about how that relates to you as a marketer in terms of the balance between falling in love with things, using your instinct, using your gut versus, you know, the sage uh, and using your sort of wisdom and analysis. So how, how do you relate what the, some of the decisions you've made to how you are as a marketer, if that makes sense? Yeah, no, no, that makes perfect sense. It, interesting. I was having a chat with um 
one of my mentors actually recently, an amazing guy called Bart McKells, who used to be the CEO of Kantar UK. And um, we had a similar conversation actually, because he, he said to me, it's really impressive that every time I work with you at a different company, because I've worked with him twice as a, from a consultancy perspective, you genuinely love the brands you work on. How do you do that? I guess my response always is to marketers, if you don't love it and buy into it, how on earth are you going to expect consumers to do that? You genuinely have to love what you do to the core to be able to understand what makes it so special so you can then talk talk about that. Now, I've got a real balance, I guess, in terms of my experience. I've got an awful lot of the commercial data side of marketing with me, but I've also spent 10 years working within brand as well and so I bring a balance of, of, of both sides I am an absolute sucker for a beautifully designed and created brand I'm a sucker for a great creative uh, idea and one and um, finding great ways to have kind of more emotional connections with customers but at the same time a grounding of every marketer absolutely has to be a commercial minded person with a growth mindset because at the end of the day that's what marketing is, is all about and understanding how you get to um, creating those experiences for customers is really important. And so when everyone says around, um, you know, marketers today, you know, you need to be curious. I used to say that. And I'm like, curious about what, actually? If you walk around just being curious, you could walk around just asking an awful lot of irritating questions. You need to be really clear about what you're curious about. And that comes down to that obsession around your customer. So the diagnosis, you know, what is your challenge? What is it you're trying to solve? And how do you then go through the fundamentals of marketing, which, by the way, I believe haven't and won't change. The fundamentals of marketing remain the same. The tactics that we apply to them and channel will. And walk your way through that process to create that wonderful connection with the customer to ultimately drive growth, because that's what we're to do just uh, just so you know i'm just reading a bit of a, a comment through from joke um so she she says wow great culture and amazing behavior indeed even the dogs have share um, and you get good energy from being with people plus that red touch i'm loving this um so there you go so the uh, and sheila um, i so agree you have to love the brand you are working for and understand how to create value for customers and the brand to succeed as a marketing leader and drive growth so there you go um, resonating for sure. Um, I want to ask, so what people may not know is that Jess is one of our mentors on our Mentoring Gen Z program and gives up her time um, to volunteer to help young people get into the industry and be inspired by what marketing is all about. Um, and you touched on the importance of mentors um, in your life, which I suspect is part of the reason why you, you give up your time to help, to help others. But I'd love to just get your take on mentor, mentorship, um, and the role that it potentially plays in your career trajectory. Yeah, I, whether you call it mentoring or not with the label, it's incredibly Im important. I think for me, it's, I'll tell, you, I'll tell you a secret story. I haven't really been um, brave enough to say until I probably got to this position that I'm in. But, uh, you know, I've had, when you talk about squiggly careers, I had a very squiggly start, you know. And it starts back when I'm back at school, really, which is, I was rubbish at school. I was probably dyslexic. I didn't like it. And I spent all my time trying to um, do anything that meant I could be in the classroom for the minimum amount of time. So I played every sport. I did drama, I did dancing, I did gymnastics. Um, I was doing uh, yeah anything, anything to not be in the classroom. And I think that actually 
although I sort of laugh at it, those things are really important because I think sport gave me the focus on um, resilience and teamwork. I think the idea of kind of dance gave me the idea of um, being focused on kind of choreography and precision and acting means that I probably have got a bit more confidence in speaking to a large audience. So those are all good skills to have, if not the skills the school thought I would take away. And I had this really interesting moment where, you know, I was a bit naughty at school and the headmaster kind of hauls me and my parents into the office and says, basically, this girl is not going to leave school with a GCSE to her name. She just can't do it. Right. She, she hasn't got it in her. She's, she's just she just can't do it. You, you might. And I mean, might get her into into beauty school, but I'm just not sure. I was sitting there thinking, how dare you? tell me what I can and can't do, right? And actually I find today, as I did then, nothing more motivating than someone telling me something I can't do. And that's an idea, you know, he was not a good mentor. He was not a good person to coach me to help me get to the next piece. So off I trundle on a whole, I will show you. So get my GCSEs, get my A-levels, go to university. And ironically for him, I've now managed to find myself sitting on the executive committee of the bank. And unfortunately for him, he went to jail for fraud for a little bit of time. So take into that what, what you might. Just, uh, just to stop you there, is, is, is he, uh, did you say he was a, a good mentor or a bad mentor? He was a think, very bad mentor. Well, I think, I think he spied you on. <laughs> well, <laughs> but, you may, but maybe, right? Maybe, you're funny enough, maybe. But I think there's probably something in there around my resilience and my kind of um, focus on, you know, pr- proving, my, proving myself. So then I get into, into um, my career and I find myself making these really great relationships with people and you start off when you're really young thinking oh I need to have a mentoring relationship and I have my once a month mentoring relationship and it feels really awkward but everyone says I have to do that so so I do that but then you find that actually if you don't put a label on it and you reach out to someone and say I really love the way you did this or that presentation was fantastic or um, I really admire how you do that would you mind if we can just have a quick chat or I can buy you a cup of coffee or you can just tell me how you, you do that and you find yourself um, having relationships with people where you just have more conversation and having a network of people around you who you are your trusted advisors who you take um you take guidance from who will have your best interests at heart who won't go in with an agenda is really powerful and i've especially found it really powerful over the last 18 months when i've been trying to build my new role in the bank when i've been trying to seek some guidance about the sounding board of what to do having this mental relationships has been just so valuable to me you know if I, was, I, I there are got some amazing mentors if i list them i'll be going on for ages so i won't put you all, all through that but you're right in the point that you made that i'm also really passionate about paying it forward so i have myself an awful lot of mentoring relationships as well and i find that people generally who reach out to me are younger females going into the workforce or trying to navigate themselves through their career but I also have an awful lot of females who reach out to me who are either going on or coming back from maternity leave and want to know how to balance that with their career as well so that tends to be uh, where, where I focus but I throw myself into all the mentoring opportunities so I'm so proud to be part of the um, School of Marketing Mentoring Gen, Gen oh, Z. Thank you, thank you. You're welcome and Marketing Academy throw myself in there as well so anything that I can do to help support our future marketers I feel really passionate about well just a couple of things that great great advice on mentoring but also thank you for paying it forward and uh, Richie's already said it there but you know we salute you for uh, being part of mentoring Gen Z um 
So the headmaster said to you, you won't make it. And you sort of said, sod you, I'm going to. Uh, and again, you know, a number of the things you've done, you've just sort of been quite forthright, decisive and backed yourself. Um, can, can you track back to why you think you are that type of person who's got, you know, I'm, uh, I'm going to make the most out of school, even if it's not tailored to me. I'm going to say sod you to a headmaster. Where, where does that come from, do you think? I'm not entirely sure where it comes from. I think when you sit here and tell stories, I bet there's bits that I've written out of the story or glossed over as I've gone, which I've now convinced myself didn't really exist. But it was definitely some tough years. And it took me a while to probably find myself and find my feet in what I wanted to do. But I'm also, I guess I'm, I'm a really practical person. So if you give me a textbook, I will grudgingly get my way through it and force myself to remember it. You give me something practical, you show me how to do it. It becomes muscle memory for me quite quickly. I remember it I, and I become skilled in it. And if I enjoy it, I will tend to excel. I think that finding things that I enjoy, that I feel passionate, that I'm good at, probably helped build my confidence from the times where maybe at school I wasn't so good at doing things. I found my niche. I think I probably just built from, from there. Pretty amazing. And by the way, um, I think, you know, what, what you've, what you just said there was pretty profound when you talked about, you know, you probably glossed over things. And I think that's a tendency that we all potentially have. Um, and that's, and that's one actually, I think that's, that does most of us a disservice because it really, it's not helpful in being able to disentangle some of the ways and means and, and things that we get to the endpoint and insights about ourselves. By the way, um, Lindsay uh, says, hi, Lindsay, by the way, how's it going? Um, she says, echo these comments, I will definitely take um, if you don't love your brand, how do you expect your customers to um, with me? So there you go. Um, that, that was Lindsay. Um, so Jess, um, moving moving on, um, want to think a little bit about advice for the future for young people. Now, clearly, you know, you talked about your, your mentoring, you do. What are some of the couple key things that you try and convey? What do you, what do you try and communicate um, to people starting their career or perhaps midlife or just getting back in from a break? Yeah, great. Um, so starting... Starting your career, it's really difficult though today for those coming out of university, I guess, and going into the workforce, because how do you set yourself apart from looking like everyone else who's come out with the same degree? You know, when you're going into having these conversations to start off a workplace, what differentiates you and sets you apart? And my, my learning was I was really lucky to have, well, also made myself do many, many weeks of free work experience. So by the time I got to having conversations around, you know, when I went into, let's say, that the um, getting that internship with American Express and then getting through eventually their graduate programme, I had quite a lot of, um, well, a little bit of, uh, you know, corporate experience to be able to talk to, um, which gave me, you know, it shows that I put myself forward. It shows that I have um, been happily working for free to get experience. And I was there's things I was able to talk to, to to get in there. So that was my how I got my foot, yes, my foot in the door to begin with. For, for, for me, I because I did go down the graduate placement where you kind of rotate quite a lot, I made myself do that. I created that for myself in the next organizations. So when you're younger moving into your career, you have the opportunity to be able to move around quite quickly. So I tended to spend 18 months in a role and then move on to the next. Six months, I guess, settling in, a year of, you know, getting some goals and learning what I needed to do and moving through. And I think my advice to um, marketers today is don't try and become an expert in something too quickly. Make sure that you've got a really good grounding of experience to help you help you move forward. And we've talked about this idea of kind of the curiosity. 
I think that it needs to be something in there around that the understand very early on customer obsession and what does that actually mean? And marketing, you know, one of the things that really frustrates me about um, how marketing is perceived these days is marketers continue to find themselves questioned for the role we play and, and what we do. Nobody ever questions the finance function for their accountancy principles. No one ever questions the risk team for their models. So why do people still question marketing? And I find that really frustrating because I think that the modern day marketer needs to remember that what we do is that, that balance of art and science. But you need to ensure you have that real commercial grounding in what you do. Because when we say marketing, you need to hear the word sales because marketing is all about driving accelerated growth through the organization. And yes, we do that through lots of different tactics, creating wonderful customer experiences, creating beautiful advertising, creating um, events and, and moments. But really, that's because we are acquiring customers, retaining customers and encouraging them to take out more with us. And when a, you know, your CFO sees the commercial numbers behind what you're doing, that is where we need to reinforce the strength and role of marketers. So I encourage all our new marketers coming through to make sure that you have that balance of art and science. You really understand the commercial side. You get to grips with the data. You really understand your customer. So I, I encourage my team to pour over our voice of the customer survey get to grips with all of our expressions of dissatisfaction, go into our store, sit on the phone and understand what customers are really saying. Because when you understand the customer, you understand the business and you understand what your role is amongst your challenge, your competitor set, that is where the modern day marketer can win. Uh, Jess, it's such a great point about commerciality uh, and credit for credibility. Yeah. Uh, I, I find myself saying quite often the job of the CMO to convince the rest of the organization that marketing is anything other than the coloring in function is, is never done. That job is never done. Um, if anybody's got any questions, please uh, please pop them in the chat or Q&A and we'll try and bring them through. Um, now, Jess, you mentioned the Marketing Academy. The premise of the Marketing Academy ultimately is to get people from marketing through into general management and into CEO roles. Um, I did the fellowship a number of years ago. It hasn't happened for me yet. And I'm, you know, I'm in two minds about all that. So how do you think about your career between being in marketing, which you clearly love, versus moving into general management, which means you would have to give up some of that? Yeah, good question. Um, to, for a marketer to be able to do their job properly, they need to understand how the rest of the organization works and how we fit in, in into doing just that. I, when I came into Metro Bank, I'd come from two Goliath organizations where I guess I was a, a cog in a wheel of a massive machine. And I knew my bit really, really well. And I thought I knew the rest, but now I'm realizing that I didn't. I didn't know the rest at all. Um, and so I spent a lot of time really understanding how the rest of the organization works and how it all fits together. And I think what has accelerated that for me is the role I've now play sitting on the executive committee where I sit alongside the chief risk officer, people officer, you know, CFO, commercial teams. And I understand how it works. So it's very, it was really important for me to understand how bank operates, how bank makes money, to understand where marketing sits, how we and where we focus and how we should focus. Now I'm always going to love marketing, but actually what I really love is the customer. I really am fascinated by customer behaviors, customer trends. And so I can see myself growing and expanding into more kind of customer centric roles 
Um, and, that, and, that, and that seems quite exciting. Am I ready to make the move out there now? No, because probably down to my personal journey, I haven't done what I want to do yet. But I can definitely see myself expanding into a broader kind of more customer led role. Okay. But Jess, you've already confessed that, you, you know, you've been up sleepless nights till 3 a.m. Uh, working hard at what you're doing at the moment. And, uh, you know, I just love, love to get your thoughts on how you balance work and life, particularly in a, a growing disruptive brand that you're working in. It feels like it's very consuming when you love something. Um, but yet, clearly, you've got other priorities and uh, in, in, in your personal world. So how do, you, how do you get that balance? Practice and um, failing and learning and evolving as, as you go. I don't think anyone's got it right. And, you know, your life changes. You know, what I did when I was younger was different to me now having two children who are still eight and five. So they're still at the young side, plus the demands of sitting on, on, on a bank's um, executive management team. So you, know, you, you, you try and error, I guess, is what's important. One of the things that I've been hearing people talk about recently, which is, you know, the, the, the analogy of the um, aeroplane safety procedures, which is you put your face mask on first before you support your children with that. I think when you unpack a little bit more, it's actually really important because if you aren't feeling energized and balanced and focused, how on earth can you inspire and motivate your team? And how can you make sure you've got the energy to help do what you need to do? So looking after yourself is really important. And the last 18 months has been quite a, a balance of doing that because you're right, the first six months, I think I worked to, you know, I was on my knees after a while because it was just, but that's what was required of me at the time. And it was really challenging. Um, but working from home means there's that real blur, isn't there, between work life and home life. And so you have to force yourself to put boundaries in place. And one of the things I found really, really helpful is I read something around recreating the, the commute. So every morning I'd get up and I would go for a five and a half kilometer walk or, or run. And I still do this now. I do the same thing every single day put the trainers on, head out. I listen to BBC Radio for today's show for the first, you know, two kilometres, so I know what's going on in the world. Then I listen to a podcast which inspires me, like the Places Will Go show. I've been listening to this throughout lockdown. And then I spend the last kilometre listening to some sort of energising music that makes me feel really upbeat. And then I come into, into the house and I'm, I'm ready to go. So I've got my 10,000 steps in. I've had a bit of inspiration. I know what's going on in the world and I'm feeling a bit pumped and, and ready to go. And then that's the start of the day. The, the words my team hate to hear are, on my morning run this morning, I was just thinking, dot, dot, dot. They're like, here, here she goes again. This is going to be a cracking idea. She's going to want it yesterday and it's going to be hard work, but it's going to be good. So what's up so you know you really have to force yourself to put those those boundaries in place and find what what energizes you and how do you get energy and inspiration and creativity when you're sitting in a small box of a room or crowded around a kitchen table which doesn't quite feel like the most inspiring place for you um with with that energy and drive and you know your decisiveness you can probably achieve almost anything what, what are your ambitions for metro bank we want a really exciting journey at, at Metro Bank. We, you know, this is a we're into our second chapter. The first chapter was setting up the bank, you know, challenging the status quo, you know, launching onto the high street, first bank in a hundred years, and really challenging, you know, the banking banking landscape. You know, the bank has been through, you know, as you will all have, have seen, a little bit of reputational damage, and so we're now into the second chapter of that. And I feel delighted to be part of the management team for it. We set out at the beginning of last year with a new um, a refreshed bank strategy 
to turn the bank around and to get back to a sustainable profitability. And we have in turn done, um, refreshed our brand strategy to do that. And we are now in the process of really rolling that out. And so we are at the start of a journey, start of an exciting journey, which um, starts for me with building our brand and marketing team basically from scratch when I joined I had about five people. We've grown by over 300% over the last 18 months. We've had to, you know, navigate this pandemic and hold on to our culture and what makes us true, hold on to our incredible customer service scores. And by the way, we've done both of those, both of those things. You know, refresh the brand so it's aligned to the bank strategy, gives us guardrails and a North Star to deliver kind of commercial success for the organization and then build our brand team. So, I'm sorry, build our marketing team. So where I started with five people, I now have, Four very distinct brand marketing teams within my marketing team, and we are on on a journey. And it's uh, and it's an exciting path. Yeah, awesome, awesome, Jess. Uh, did you go for a run this morning? No, I hadn't. I had to make sure that my my daughter's plaits were done because my husband apparently can't do that before he takes them to school. So now I prioritized prioritized my children. Yeah, there you go. Well, that's that's all part of it, right? As you say, practice and, and test and learn about how you get that balance. So Absolutely, that's, that's awesome. Look, Jess, we're run out of time, but it was just an absolute pleasure to have you on uh, this morning. Um, we just had a, a, another comment coming through um, from Joke, so just thank you again for that. Um, look, this is the moment in time where we get to summarize some of the key themes and thoughts that we've we've heard over the last forty-five minutes or so. So, Mark, do you want to have a first go and attempt at doing that, and I'll take over for the end. Yeah, sure. Um, thanks, Richie. Um, actually, uh, you you mentioned Joke's comment. It's probably worth dwelling on that. So I hadn't realised actually, okay, it's three o'clock in the morning when you're dialing in. So that's awesome. But you said Jess speaks with such fire and confidence. Uh, I think that's a very, very uh, apt summary, in fact. Um, just, just to, you know, my, my impression or my, my take out is to put a bit of meat on the bones because um, I think fire and confidence captures it really well. So, so, so Jess, what I, what, I, what I love about you is the way that you fall in love with things um, and, you know, and indeed loving your brand and, and Lindsay loves cream egg, uh, cream egg as a brand. Uh, who would? Who wouldn't? Um, but yeah, happy Magic Friday. I mean, it's unashamed, uh, unabashed. Your 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 love for what you do, um, your customer obsession comes through many many times. Uh, your de- your determination, sod sod you to the headmaster brackets, the headmaster that went to jail for fraud. Um, but as Richie said, maybe that was a good spur. Uh, yeah, um, and and you talked about mentoring, uh, and so. Um, great advice, but also, uh, you know, once again, thanks for mentoring uh, for Gen Z. Commerciality is so important. Uh, otherwise, I think marketing loses credibility. Um, more, more generally, I mean, I, I, going back to the firing confidence thing, I think you're, you're a force of nature. And I'm really excited to see what happens to Metro Bank because it's on an interesting journey in an incredibly interesting space and looking to challenge in a way that I think addresses more of the uncomfortable truths of the sector than some of the pure play digitals um, for many customers. So brilliant to have you on. Um, super inspiring and uh, good luck with everything you want to do with Metro. And with that, I'll hand over to Richie. Thank you very much. And by the way, Tom, uh, Tom Hutchison says, you're a boss, Jess. Loved it. There you go. So, um, look, I, mean, I, th- I think um, Mark, you summarized it super well. The, um, you know, the one thing that struck me from the beginning of the conversation is when you were talking about you threw something at the universe. And I kind of loved, there was a little bit of karmic sort of, uh, connotations going on there a little bit, Jess, and, and I suspect that's something that you do believe in, where you put something out there, and you, you know you get you 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 reap what you sow. Um, so that was that was really insightful from my perspective. 
Um, and I really like the final comment around energy and how you get your energy and where where you do that every morning and you have that routine where you kind of, you know, you have that sort of set kind of time and, and, and place for different things in your life, um, which then helps to spar you on. And But no doubt that your team does kind of dread that I've got an idea moment um, in, in the mornings um, on the morning calls that I'm sure you have. So look, Jess, it's been an absolute pleasure um, and I'm sure we'll, we'll catch up soon. Um, just for anybody, um, obviously, we are um, we are here every Friday morning at 8 a.m. or Joke time, 3 a.m. Thank you very much um, for that, Joke. Um, and next week, we have another stellar guest. We've got Thomas Bartha, the marketing leadership management guru. Um, Thomas um, is ex-McKinsey, was a partner in McKinsey. He's got a wealth of experience pretty much um, consulting for and teaching some of the biggest and brightest marketers um, around the world. So do tune in um, for next week as he talks about his leadership journey. Um, and how he's been able to to um, overcome some of the obstacles that he's had to face as well. So until next week, enjoy the weekend. Take